This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Coming up at the first break, we'll get with Herb Tyler and get his breakdown of today's contest like we do each and every week. He'll size up the matchups. What type of matchup is it today for the Bayou Bengals? Welcome back. LSU and Tennessee this evening here on Tiger Radio. WWF. The Tigers looking for their... Eighth victory, they can get the number nine next week, a 6.30 kickoff as LSU takes on Texas A&M next week, and, uh, which will be senior night at uh, Tiger Stadium. And uh, you heard Jeff Palermo say earlier, uh, Arden Key will not play in this contest tonight, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see you know, how that affects what will Tennessee try and do on the uh, offensive side of the football to maybe go in that area. Well, let's get you a look at our second look today at a full college football scoreboard we'll start things off in the top 25 and uh, the way things go as of uh, right now it is the memphis tigers an american athletic conference play taking uh care of smu early in the fourth 59 to 38 just starting the fourth 59 38 21st ranked memphis over smu oklahoma seven kansas zero that is uh, late in the first it is kentucky three georgia zero 803 left to play in the first Number eight, Notre Dame has just kicked a field goal. They're up on Navy uh, late in the first, three to zero. Ohio State off to a hot start over Lovey Smith and defining a line out of Illinois, 14 to zero, with six cents and change left in the first. Uh, this is 19th ranked, uh, 13th ranked Oklahoma State seven and Kansas State seven. That is early in the, late in the first. Number one, Alabama. We're going to the Iron Bowl at number one and 11-0 as they take care of Mercer, 56 to zero. Clemson handled the Citadel with a 61-3. University of Miami was down in this contest uh, 21-7. They come back and kind of went toe-to-toe with Virginia for a while. Then they pull away late. The Canes will uh, continue to be ranked among the top five. They take care of Virginia Day 44-28. Wisconsin remains alive. They will go to the Big Ten Championship game where they uh, should face Ohio State. They take care of Michigan today 24-10. Auburn over Louisiana Monroe, 42-14. TCU handles Texas Tech, 27-3. 15th-ranked Central Florida remains undefeated, 45-19 over Temple. Mississippi State gets a late touchdown to avoid an embarrassing loss as they take care of Arkansas today in Fayetteville, 28-21. Northwestern all over Minnesota, 39-0. Later, it's number 17, Michigan State entertaining Maryland. Number 19, NC State uh, at Wake Forest, USC, the 11th-ranked Trojans, will entertain UCLA. 23rd-ranked Stanford entertains Cal. Air Force is at Boise State. And it is number 18, Washington, entertaining Utah. Uh, taking a look at Tigers' uh, rest of the conference. And uh, we'll punch up the uh, SEC right now and see what else is happening in the Southeastern Conference. It is Florida leading UAB in the first 3-0. to zero. It's uh, Warford in South Carolina coming up. Uh, that is a kickoff, uh, just kicking that one off. Tonight, Texas A&M is at Ole Miss in Oxford at Fort Hemingway. And Missouri is at Vanderbilt. Vandy must win their last two against Tennessee uh, next week and to this week against Vanderbilt in order to be bowl eligible, where the hottest team in the conference next to Alabama from a win total standpoint 
Rockdale, Alabama, or Missouri. They have won four straight, looking for five, and they could finish. I assume they've won five straight. They could finish out with seven straight wins if they take care of these, this week against Vandy and next week and get in a very good bowl. They could finish as high as number three, or excuse me, number four in the Eastern Conference. Once considered the worst team in the conference earlier this season. That's out of all 14, not just in the Eastern side. So good job by Coach Odom and the Missouri Tigers. That's a look at your college football scoreboard. We will take a, a timeout. We will come back and we'll get Herb Tyler's keys for today's game. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Azar, will be with us. And we will hear from LSU Coach O, Ed Ogeron, our weekly conversation with Coach O. And we'll get Herb's prediction. LSU, a big favorite there with Tennessee, right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back to Sports Talk here. I'll pleasure to welcome in the head football coach of the LSU Fighting Tigers, Coach Ed Ogeron. Our conversation with Coach O is brought to you by Rouse's. Rouse's, official partner of LSU Athletics. Coach O, the Arkansas Razorbacks, the battle for the boot. Look back on the tape. What did you see in the Tigers' big victory over Arkansas? So it came out swinging. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. perform like we wanted to in the first half on offense. But we did on the offense second half. I was very proud of the 26 points in the second half. Open and drive. We came in and scored. We set the tempo. Defense played solid all game. It didn't seem like, Coach, that uh, in the first half that the offense was not doing what they needed to be doing. It was more, more like finishing. Yeah. What, what was it? Was it was it a few things as you look back on the tape? Yeah, just a couple of plays, a couple of execution plays, not hitting the routes, not hitting the hole. Had a couple of twists there that gave some pressure on Danny, but we stuck with it, and I thought Danny did a t- tremendous job second half. Coach, uh, looking on it, uh, you still have one home game left, but, man, uh, D.J. Chalk uh, playing like it was senior day the other day. Four grabs, 132 yards, tremendous impact. He has become one of these very dangerous, uh, deep threat, skilled people that everybody in the country kind of follows. You know, Mickey Joseph, who's from New Orleans, played at Shaw High School, has done a tremendous job of coaching him. Mm-hmm. D.J. is a tremendous leader. His, uh, his patterns and his footwork and the timing with him and Danny has been great. Uh, we look forward to him having a great end to the season. Visiting with LSU coach Ed Ogeron, the Tigers on the road this week at Neyland Stadium against the Tennessee Volunteers. Coach, defensively against Arkansas, it seemed like it was a solid for four quarters, a consistent flow. Uh, your thought on what Coach Dave Aranda had planned and how it played out? He did a good job. You know, they always have a strong run game. But I will tell you, the misdirections, uh, the tight end and the flat, the screens gave us problems. Gave us problems all year, so we got to fix it. Coach, uh, where is the health of this defensive line? We talked about that earlier in the season, getting Rashard back, some other players. Where are you guys' health now? We're pretty good. We're about as healthy as we've been. Now, you know, at this time of season, guys have a couple of nicks and bruises, but they're playing through it. We're fine. Now, Coach, when you look at uh, Tennessee, this is a situation you're very familiar with. Brady Hoke's been a head coach before, like you, head coach, opportunity interim, although his size is, I guess, his sample size, just a couple of games left. But I would imagine they're looking at this an exciting time. And, look, you're on audition. You never know who's yeah. watching. Oh, they're going to give it their all. I'm sure there's going to be a new, new, renewed energy. The players are going to play. They want LSU's coming to town. We expect their best. It's going to be a raunchy crowd. We're going to get after it. What is it about, and I say this a lot, that when LSU plays, it doesn't seem like that there is any other team, maybe in a, in a big conference or any, any team, 
that the opposing team gets up for home and away. It seems like LSU gets everybody's best shot more so maybe than anybody. No question. LSU is a team everybody wants to be a part of, wants to beat, everybody respects. I think everybody grows up watching the Tigers, love the way they play. It's just part of it. And it's great to be part of the Tigers where everybody wants a piece of you. Coach, this program now going to the Tennessee game, overall, where, where would you say, as this is uh, Coach Ed Ogeron, interim last year, but from when you took over to now, where, where, where is this program in your eyes? An improving team. Guys are starting to understand the importance of each game. I think the loss to Troy, we used it, the adversity. We've been playing well since. Uh, we've only lost uh, one game since, obviously losing to Alabama in a tough game. But this was a big win for us in Arkansas. we got to finish strong. Uh, let's see where the season takes us. But I think this team has learned that they can be a great football team. We're building a championship program, and this is part of it. When you see a guy like Danny Etling, coach, that's out there, and it just seems like the plays he's made, that valuable leadership, this is a guy that's a, really enjoying, like he's playing some pretty good football. Yeah, you know what? We enjoy having Danny being our quarterback. Uh, he's tough. We didn't know if he could play before the game. His back was hurting him, but he went through the game. He had a tough first half, but we stuck with him, and the second half he came through. Danny's a winner. Does it come, Coach, now with these last games that it all depends on what opportunity presents itself, if you ought to get Miles in or any other quarterback to give him some time? You know what? We're playing to win the game. So whatever it takes to win the game. Now, if Danny's struggling or Danny gets hurt, we put Miles in. But we play every game like it's a championship game, and let's see what happens. Winding down with Coach O, Coach, now Tennessee. Tell us a little bit what they do offensively. A spread offense, uh, like we've been seeing, uh, dual-threat quarterback, uh, good offensive line, strong running back, a couple of receivers that can go deep. And on the defensive side of the football, a defense coordinator is pretty well known, Paul Rhodes. What do you see when yeah. you see his defense? Yeah. Well, 4-3 defense, you know, they get they always have good athletes, linebackers that can run, play cover two, play cover four, just a strong defense. All right, Coach, keys to the game in order for the Tigers to get a big yeah. road victory, come home instead of which would be a great senior day. Yeah. Continue to run the football like we've been running it. Make the big plays to DJ, uh, protect the quarterback, ball security, utmost important on defense. We've got to stop the run, prevent the deep ball. And on special teams, we've got to fix our field goal kicking, play strong on special teams. But most of all, prepare this week to play our best on Saturday night. LSU coach Ed Ogeron. Coach O, thank you so much for the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers Saturday in Rocky Top. Go Tigers. And, of course, that's uh, with Coach O. And, Herb, when you think about it, LSU and Tennessee – you look at the numbers, Herb, and I think you know this better than anybody. When you're game planning, obviously, uh, you're kind of going to go with, uh, you know, coaches say, well, it's all about us. It is all about us, but also you do have to be mindful and pay attention to what a team's strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, LSU has had some good balance, but, Herb, i gotta, I got to figure tonight that LSU uh, will first and foremost look to establish a run against a defense that has given up 260 yards rushing a contest. Well, like Coach O said, man, I mean, that, the, the, the strength of our offense, this year has been the running game, you know. Um, Danny Etling has been efficient, and he's been consistent for the most part. Um, but he hasn't been stellar, hasn't been outstanding. But, you know, who has been Darius Geis and Darrell Williams. So, in that offensive line up front, man, those guys came together very, very well here over the past four, five, six, or seven games or so. Um, you know, in, in my mind, I'm looking at it as, you know, if we can establish the run game, um, if we can stop them on, you know, while we're, when we're on defense, stop them and uh, get off the field it's on third downs, get the ball back to our offense, I think we'll have a really good night, especially with what the weather is foreseen to, to be. Um, in, in, and not only that, you know, if we can get a couple, one, two, three shots down the field to DJ Chalk or, or one of our other guys, 
Um, and then have special teams play some decent special teams and create a uh, uh, maybe our defense create some turnovers. Man, I think we'll be okay. I don't I don't see this game going any other way than than what's projected for it to go. But yet, um, you still have to execute all of those different things, and you still have to come out and want that particular win tonight uh, against Tennessee. This is you know I've never played against Tennessee. I've always wanted to play against Tennessee. I've always wanted to play against. Uh, you know, those top-tier teams like that, like the Penn State, the Ohio State, all of those other teams, um, never had a chance to play against them, but um, they play against Michigan State. And I knew going into that game, for me, you know, watching those guys when I was coming up and they were, you know, uh, you know, had really great tradition and, 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 and history and things of that nature football-wise as far as uh, in the NCAA. But um, it makes you want to play better. It wants to make, you know, it makes you want to show the world or the, the, the nation what you have and what you, you know, why you're where you are. And then, you know, it also, you know, you put that, that purple and gold man on and it just makes you so proud to be a part of something special. So I think the guys are going to come out to this tonight and, um, and really play with a lot of pride, a lot of passion and, and look forward to winning a second game in the world. Two six zero one eight seventy. You can text us at eight seventy eight seventy. Coming up at the bottom of the hour news, we will visit with senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar at BLDOR on Twitter at BLDORE. Herb, now uh, LSU's uh, defense. Uh, Stout, they've really played well. Uh, good adjustment last week. Uh, kind of tight on the scoreboard in the first half, and uh, Arkansas did get that, uh, you know, a little something in the second. But, whew, they just uh, – the game they coaching – her the adjustments defensively and even offensive, but the last two seasons under Coach Aranda have been phenomenal. This is uh, it's been a strength, and I think it's become something that the fan base is used to, because you go back and look at any game this season, Auburn, even the parts in Alabama, what they do in that first half and how they adjust at halftime, man, it has been strong for Coach Dave Aranda's group. Just like anything else in life, Deke, man, you know, look, Coach Aranda is one of the top defensive coordinators in the country. He's one of the best coaches in the country. He he gets his guys wired. He gets those guys up and, and ready to play every week. But, you know, just like anything else in life, man, you know, you, you prepare for something, and then once you actually get into it, then you see that, you know what, everything that I prepared for, maybe I'm not 100% ready for it. But how do you adjust to it? How do you make, uh, you know, make things right when they're not going right for you? Um and I, and I think that, you know, just with, with Coach Aranda and his spirit and the person that he is and the knowledge that he has and the respect that he commands from not only his players but his peers, it, it just it separates him from everybody else. Um, and then, you know, to, for him to insert some, some um, you know, freshmen, a redshirt freshman in there, uh, a, a DB and different things of that nature and have those guys playing at the level that they're playing at, it just speaks volumes as to the coach that he is. And when you turn around and you look at it on offense, um, you know, Coach Canada, that's the reason why we brought him in here, you know, to, to be able to lead the, the, the team offensively to, to if we're not – if what we plan going into a particular game isn't working, then we need to be able to make adjustments either, you know, during the during the first or second quarter or even at halftime or even in the third or fourth quarter after we made our halftime adjustments. So, you know, these are, these are the reasons why you bring and have these guys on your staff. And I'm just proud to, uh, to say that I'm a former – Tiger and proud to have those guys uh, a part of our staff and doing as well as they are. I heard Tyler talking about 4-6 Tennessee, LSU, seven victories, looking to get two more and uh, get close to that double-digit, uh, I guess you say, opportunity. Should LSU beat Tennessee and a next week, that's what they would be facing. 
in the bowl uh, with LSU would particularly go to. And right now it's looking like one of the Florida-based bowls, and it would be against either a Big Ten or ACC foe. Now, Herb, special teams, uh, it's been kind of uh, up and down this year, consistent. Uh, is LSU set on a kicker, or is this something that kind of goes into that evaluating the whereas uh, Coach O's just going to, you know, hey, we're going to see what goes on through the week, and whoever practices the best during the week will kick during the game. I think it's that. I think it's the latter. Um, you know, because you just never know what you're going to get, man. And I've been through it, man. I, you know, I had one of the greatest kickers in the, in the, in the country in Wade Ritchie, but he struggled too sometimes going down the um, stretch of, of the season. But, you know, it, 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 that, that's a finicky position. You know, you got to have complete and total confidence because you're not playing every down. So the one or two, three or four or five kicks that you actually have or plays that you actually have that really count, you have to be ready. You have to be close to 100% as possible versus if you're playing offensive defensively and you're playing, you know, 60 plays or 70 plays or so, you have some leeway to, you know, you, you don't have to play 100%, but if you can play 90%, 85%, that's still really, really good. Um, so, you know, it's, it's difficult as a kicker to come out of that, you know, come out to the game when the game is online, even if the game is not on the line. But, you know, you can warm up so much, you know. There's only so much warming up you can do. There's only so much of practicing you can do, but you actually have to do it in the game time situation. So it's very difficult. There's a lot of pressure that's on those young men. And, um, you know, it's just going into this week. You just see who has the very best practice, and you put him out there on the field and, and then hope that he does well. I think there have been a lot of good performances this year and a positive vibe uh, moving forward for the program. And uh, when you think about it, to me, Herb, I think that uh, when considering where this team was at the end of September with the two mm -hmm. losses, the Mississippi State and Troy, and now mm -hmm. with an opportunity to finish as, I mean, hey, let's face it, uh, to finish as high as, uh, you know, two uh, in, in the SEC, you could finish right behind uh, Alabama in the, in the standpoint yep. because that tiebreaker with Auburn, that would be that would be phenomenal, Herb, and going to the offseason. I just think that uh, one thing that was kind of a wait and see the last several years has been a strength. What would LSU do after those big games, particularly in November after Alabama? And the last couple of years, the bounce-back game against Arkansas last year and A&M, and now you have what they did against Arkansas last week in Tennessee. You want to continue to step forward and say, well, they're going to be ready because under Coach O, uh, they've pretty much been ready every week. Well, I'm going to tell you this, man. You got you got to give all the credit to Coach Coach Ogeron and um, the way that he's bounced back from, you know, a disappointing loss, of, you know, um, against Mississippi State, and then you come back and you lose to Troy. Um, those, you know, that's 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 a game that you, you should win. You know, nine times out of ten you'll win, but you know what? That ten time we didn't win it. So, but how do you get the team geared up and ready to roll and come back um, after each particular loss like that? Um, I think that he does a great job with that. But not only that, you know, you give the credit to the kids for for being um resilient and, and and having the confidence in not only the coaching staff but within themselves so that they can come back and have a great week of practice and then play against whoever team is in front of them and come out with a victory and i and i truly have to give coach ogeron all of the credit along with his staff and his coordinators and things of that nature so um you know in, in september everybody was ready for coach Joe to go but why no you got to give him an opportunity to see what he does you know once again you know things happen in the course of real time and real life inching close to the kickoff tonight and they're drawing the network at four LSU in Tennessee senior writer at TigerBay.com at BL door on Twitter at BLDORE. Brian Lazar joined us now. Brian, uh, LSU in Tennessee, is it as simple as uh, LSU takes care of business? Uh, they win this pretty handily? Well, you know, if you just look at some of these.
teams around the country today. You know, Auburn had problems with uh, UL Monroe for about a half. Uh, you know, Mississippi State behind a lot of the game against Arkansas, but one. Miami behind Virginia came back and won. So I think that's what you're going to see today with LSU and Tennessee. You know, I wouldn't surprise you to see the game to be close, uh, you know, say for a for a half or so, but I think LSU pulls away in the second half. Brian, uh, is, is LSU going this one uh, with their game plan? Hey, look, we're going with our game plan, even though Tennessee gives up a ton of on the ground, or is it just going to be to where it's, uh, if Tennessee is giving up those high averages and those numbers like they are, the LSU is going to be, hey, it's, this is just too much. We, we, we've got to go to the well because this is what this team gives up. Yeah, no, I think they're going to they're gonna go out and try to run the football first. There's no doubt about that. I don't think they're going to do anything differently. Uh, you know, Tennessee's pass defense has been good, but, again, that's, you know, from a yardage standpoint, it's because teams have had so much, so much success running the ball on they haven't had to pass. So, uh, but, but look, LSU's strength is to run the ball, and I think that's how they'll start off. And, and Brian, now, if you would, Thursday we got the, the word down about the House Senate bill and, and how much it would cost the, the uh, athletic programs across the country uh, if, if this thing goes into fruition. Re-explain that to us because it was on ESPN, it was on our tick, a lot of people talking about uh, what is proposed and uh, what would happen to programs across the country, what they would be facing if this thing is passed. Well, people, when they contribute to the university or, you know, they get a, a tax write-off, well, what they're saying now is that the fact that when you make these contributions in order to get season tickets, you are getting something tangible in return. You're getting the season tickets. So, therefore, you couldn't necessarily write off that, that gift that you're making in order to get the season tickets, uh, write it off for taxes. So the the school's award, well, there may be some people who say, well, if I can't make this as a tax write-off now, I don't know if I'm going to buy these season tickets. So that's where the issue is. Now, Brian, let me ask you a question, man. With with everything that we see going on tonight in regard to, you know, the, the Tennessee and them struggling in the way that they are right now, where do you see – this game playing a big part in regards to recruiting for LSU. If they win this game handedly, um, come out of the gates and then do it really well from the very beginning, from the get-go, and not kind of falling behind and having to come back, things of that nature, but just coming out and, and really just blowing Tennessee out of the water, how do you see this helping recruiting in regards to LSU? Well, you know, Herb, <laughs> I, I, on more than one occasion this year, I've talked to LSU players on the team about that, about the results of a game affect, affecting recruiting. And I didn't find one player who said what happens when it, in a particular game, affected them when they made their decision. And a lot of this came up, you know, the week of the LSU-Alabama game about the fact that Alabama's been winning and does that affect them as, as a recruit. And like I said, there was not one LSU player that said, oh, I really watched to see who, who wins a particular game in my senior year. Because whoever wins that game, that's going to have an influence upon where I go. I didn't find one. So the fans talk about that a lot. The coaches may talk about it a lot. But when you go straight to the players, they said it didn't matter to them. 
Brian, yeah, I no, I understand exactly, Brian, what you mean, because I felt the same way when I was coming out of college, uh, high school myself, um, and then having the same thing dealing with my son in regards to being recruited. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, I, you know, we've talked about this and we continue to talk about it, and there's depth in our recruiting class so that we can, you know, get certain guys offensively, or the offensive line, defensive line. How do you see? Or where do you see us going to get these next couple, three or four guys that can come in and add depth to the offensive and defensive line? Well, look, I know they've talked about it. Ed Ogeron's talked about going to the junior college route. I don't know. I know there's one junior college lineman up in the Northeast they feel pretty good about, but I don't really know how much that they're going to be able to get, you know, junior college linemen that are going to come in next year and, and, and have a, you know, impact right away on the team. So uh, it's, you know, on the defensive line for next year, everybody's talking about Brandon Fajoko, the transfer from Texas Tech, who's sitting out this year. I talked with Rashard Lawrence about him this week, and he said he is a guy that's very, very good. So I think that's someone that had started for two years at Texas Tech, and they're counting on stepping into the starting lineup next year at LSU. We'll just have to wait and see. I think the offensive line next year, where it stands, is going to depend upon the decisions made by Will Clapp and Toby Weathersby, two people who are eligible to leave for the for the uh, NFL, as to whether or not they're going to put their names in the draft or come back for their final seasons of eligibility at LSU. Brian, now LSU and Tennessee, uh, you know, where, where are these programs at now, Brian? Uh, Tennessee, you know, uh, last year they were kind of, uh, uh, I guess, in the top half of the uh, Eastern Conference, or maybe a little higher. Then they, you know, looked like they were on par, and they lost that game to Vanderbilt. Man, it's been almost like downhill ever since. Uh, where Where is Tennessee in comparison to LSU? Are they about the same or a couple behind? Is Tennessee really just falling that far behind because of this season? Uh, where, where are they in each, the East and the West? Well, Tennessee, remember that back in 2007, they lost to LSU in the uh, SEC championship game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since that season, this is the 10th season since then, Tennessee has one winning record in the SEC. So that tells you where their program is. And they have, in the last 10 years, they've only had four overall winning records. And three of those four came in, in the last three years under Butch Jones. So throw out the overall records, just look and see how you're competing in the conference. And obviously, Tennessee has, you know, they're a second division team and have been that way for, for, for basically 10 years now. LSU, they have fallen from being an elite team in the conference, but they're still a good team, you know, still top you know, no worse than top four in the league. So, no, there's a big gap right now between where the LSU program and the Tennessee program are. And, Brian, when you look at all the programs that are out there, facility-wise, so far, competing, trying to get those recruits in there, is LSU right up there as good, on par with, with, with the other programs when it comes down to, to that, the facilities, what they have, what they need? Yeah, for the most part, they are. You know, I think, uh, you know, that's one problem with Tennessee, and I think they're talking about trying to update their facilities. Florida's Mm -hmm. doing the same thing right now with theirs. But, uh, yeah, look, could could Alabama or Georgia be better than LSU or Texas A&M be better than LSU? In some areas, yes. But is 
that is it big enough of a you know difference that's preventing LSU from competing against those schools? Absolutely not. Look, the biggest difference between uh, what's happening for teams wanting to uh, win the SEC and it's it's that guy that's coaching Alabama. Brian Lazar, Brian, now LSU tonight. Your key to this game and how you see this one going down, LSU and Tennessee and Neyland Stadium a little bit after six this evening. Look, uh, the only way LSU loses this game is that they have to play poorly and Tennessee has to play very well. You know, that, that's it. Uh, Tennessee is not going to be able to, you know, to compete with LSU if LSU comes out there with the proper frame of mind and plays well. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see LSU scuffle around uh, for a half or so, but I just think that the biggest thing in the game is that Tennessee can't stop the run and LSU can run. And, and in, in these last couple of years, whenever LSU's been in that situation, whether it's been an Ole Miss or an Arkansas, LSU's had no trouble winning the game. Texas A&M last Thanksgiving. When LSU can really run the ball, they usually win pretty handily. So I, I think LSU, though it may take them a while to pull away like last week, I'm going to say LSU uh, wins again. I'm calling it LSU 34, Tennessee 16. Brian Lazar. Brian, let everybody know what you're working on on the site and how they can keep up with you on Twitter. www.tigerbait.com. We'll have all the uh, rewind and analysis up on the site after the game, and then we'll, we'll have a story up probably sometime tomorrow looking ahead to the LSU basketball team when they open up out in the uh, tournament in Maui on Monday night. Senior writer at TigerBait.com at B-L-D-O-R-E at B-L-D-O-R on Twitter, Brian Lazar. Brian, thank you so much. Enjoy the game. Okay, talk to you guys later. All Thanks, right. Brian. When we come back, Herb Tyler's key to today's game and the quarterback's prediction. And we'll hand things off okay. to the LSU Sports Network, LSU and Tennessee tonight, right here on Tiger Radio, WWF. And welcome back. Along with Herb Tyler, I'm Deke Bellaby, LSU and Tennessee tonight at Neyland Stadium in Rocky Top. Well, the Tigers looking for their eighth victory of the season. They can get to nine next week against Texas A&M. Looking at uh, some uh, college scores uh, as of right now, we'll get you caught up in the second quarter. It is Oklahoma 14-3 to over Kansas. Now, Oklahoma's uh, done play Bedlam. Remember, now they've already defeated Oklahoma State. So if they win this one uh, this week against Kansas, they're pretty much in control. And next week against West Virginia, Oklahoma's uh, looking pretty good from a playoff standpoint. And Kentucky hanging tough with Georgia. The Bulldogs ahead of the Wildcats uh, in Athens, 7-6. to six. That's uh, about six minutes into the second quarter. Navy leads number eight, Notre Dame 10-3 to late in the first half. Ohio State all over Illinois, 31-0. to uh, Kansas State leads Oklahoma State 21 to 13. Number 10 Penn State 14 to 10 over Nebraska. Number 14 Michigan State all over Mar- uh, excuse me over Maryland 7 to 0 late in the first. Number one Alabama all over Mercer 56 to 0 today. That's a final. Clemson handles the Citadel 61 to 3. Miami comes from behind an early deficit and trailed uh, much of the first half. They defeat Virginia 44 to 28. Wisconsin uh, now in control to be Wisconsin and it's uh, going to be the Badgers and the Buckeyes in the Big Ten 
championship game in a couple of weeks. Auburn over Louisiana Monroe, 42-21. to TCU takes care of Temple, 45-19. to Mississippi State scores late to defeat Arkansas, 28-21. to Memphis takes care of SMU in a high-scoring affair in the Liberty Bowl, 66-45. to The Wildcats of Northwestern over Minnesota, 39-0. And later tonight is UCLA at USC. Cal is at 22nd-ranked Stanford. Air Force at 25th-ranked Boise State. And Utah is at 18th-ranked Washington. Former LSU great and our analyst Herb Tyler. Herb, some keys to today's game when you look at LSU's offense against the Tennessee defense. Well, you know, first of all, you got to go out there and you got to have complete and total confidence and know what's at stake. And what's at stake is another win tonight, which will bring you closer to that that nine and three mark that you're looking for, so that you can have a really good opportunity to play in a, a decent bowl game, so that you know you can possibly get to that tenth win. Um, you know, and, 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 and what keys actually truly lie in that is going to be whether or not you're hungry enough to go out there and not play down to your competition and play up and show them why you're the superior team. Um, and, 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 and you know, kind of acknowledge the fact that what you have to play for is a little bit, is worth a little bit more than what they're playing for. Other side, Herb, LSU's defense against a Vols offense that, let's face it, Ever since their loss to Kentucky back in week eight, yeah. they scored 42 points in week one, 42 points in week two. The most points they scored the rest of the season in any contest has been 26, the worst scoring offense in the Southeastern Conference. We got defensive. We got to keep that streak going. Let's make sure we keep them to minimum point score, period. Um, and, you know, let's make sure we, when we have an opportunity to make a tackle, make a play, let's do it. Let's cause some turnovers. Let's get some pressure on the quarterback. Let's um, meet the, the running back in the backfield. Um, and, you know, and just continue to put the pressure on them um, any way we possibly can and not let up. And let's play the entire game, four quarters of football, defensive Tiger football like we know how to play. Herb, you think we see two quarterbacks tonight? Uh, you know, possibly. It depends on how much we're up and how fast at what point in the game that we're up, you know. Um, you know, if, we, if we're up by four touchdowns or so in a certain part of the game early, um, you know, third quarter maybe, well, I think we can see possibly Miles Brennan come in and, 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 and play in some uh, game-time situation. I, I don't see where it would be a bad idea, to be honest with you. Um, you still want to get that backup quarterback sometimes to where he can play and uh, and, and do certain things. So, um, I, you know, I, I love to see see that uh, Miles get you know a, a couple a couple series here and there. And uh, Herb, how important is it to finish strong, it, regardless of uh, what their bowl is? Just just to finish strong and build it. You, you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you want some momentum going into the off season," and I'm thinking like. Man, that's four or five months away before they'll get back on the right. field. Is there right. such a thing as momentum going into the offseason? There is such a thing, but that's only in a bowl game. What happens is, see, this is what you got to remember. You got to remember, all season this year started, you know, in, in, in January, right? Mm -hmm. So these guys have been working hard since January to get to the point of where they are now. So they're not playing for next season. They're playing to complete this season to make this season as great as they possibly can. That's what they're playing for the now, not for tomorrow. Now, when they go and they play the bowl game, they want to cap this season off, and then they want to go leave the, 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 I guess, the momentum and the guys that will be coming back. If you're a senior, you'll leave the momentum for the guys that's coming back to play 
you know, to, to, to take this and learn from it and so that they can be and do even better during the offseason so they can either get a greater bowl game or even go into the, the playoff pitcher next year. I'm Deke Bellavia for Dave Potter, LSU and Tennessee forthcoming. He's the great one. Herb Tyler. Herb, take us to the house. Man, look, God bless everybody. Enjoy the game tonight, and LSU will win 31-13. That's my prediction, and go Tigers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.